Honest Property Investment Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm also the founder of NC Real Estate, which is my firm of surveyors, which helps landlords and property investors build commercial and mixed use property portfolios that completely align with their goals. Before we get started today, can I tell you, come and follow this podcast on Instagram at Honest Property Investment. That's number one question. Number two, if you're here regularly and you haven't already subscribed or left me a review, I would absolutely love it if you could. That helps this podcast get more traction and seen by more people who it could really help. So if I could ask you a massive favor, please rate and review it and don't forget to subscribe so that you get this into whatever platform you listen to podcasts on every single Tuesday morning. Okay, today I've called this podcast Dilly Dallying in the Wild West of Property. Hmm. It has been another busy week and I don't really like the term busy because it could just be generic for anything that's going on but there has been so much going on. And I sometimes think to myself, how do I end up in these situations? And how am I dealing with these situations whereby I cannot understand how the other party has even got themselves into property? So I'm going to tell you a story that I've been dealing with. This is an actual general case study from a client that I've been working with. And we have some pretty hot high targets to achieve over the coming couple of months, coming years. This is going to be a massive property portfolio. My job and my team's job as the asset managers is to make sure that we're working with them to buy the appropriate properties and to to make sure that they're leased correctly and that they align with our client's goals. This client's goals is to just buy, buy, buy as much commercial as we possibly can, make sure that it's always coming out around about 10% gross yield. And then we're going to be improving the capitalization rate from there on out. This particular deal we found whilst combing auctions. It's near where my client lives. So they'd seen it on the market and gone past it and wanted to go and view it. Long and short of it is that the agent who is dealing with the property on behalf of the seller, or so we thought, I think is a cowboy. I've never known anything like it. So we got a viewing on the property and a member of my team arranged that. Uh, My client went around and inspected and measured up because they are very competent at that side of that kind of thing. They wanted to do the development and to see what is needed to be done. It's a massive building on the market at 470. Big building, but in a real dilapidated state. The owners are in there They're trading from one of the units. The other unit has just been left because they don't want to be in there anymore. There's a massive warehouse at the back, which they're not using. Uh, There's a car park, which they don't look after. And there's a huge delivery bay in the back as well. I would 
think when they bought it in 2019, they didn't know what type of building they were taking on. Let's put it that way, because they've obviously not touched it. And it's a huge amount of building to be, um, to just be dabbling in. You know, you're going to have to pay empty business rates on the parts that you're not using. And I guess that they've left it in a state of repair so that they potentially don't have to pay business rates. I'm not sure how that flies to the council. I've not really um, asked that question because if they're getting a rate, I'm hoping to restart the rate-free period the minute um, we buy it. So at this point, I'm still saying that the tenant is trading or the current landlord is trading in there. So the inspection happens, my client's kind of on the edge about it, uh, doesn't know if we'd fill it with tenants. My job then is to take over and find tenants so that we can get an agreement to lease before the tenant, uh, before the property is purchased, right? Because with vacant property, you don't really want a vacant property. When you buy the money or the value comes from having a tenant in place, when you purchase property and you don't want 11,000 square foot empty on purchase, or at least you want to know that there's a tenant coming in. So my next job was to go through the deal analysis, do areas on the property based upon what my client had said. And I compared that to other agents because there'd been two other agents who'd done um, areas on this. I find that all on CoStar. And then Uh, the valuation office agency had obviously done their own areas. So I've got four areas to compare and see actually what size this building is. Everybody was in within about 200 square feet of each other. So perfect. We were around a ballpark. I always take the lowest square footage, not the highest. Reason being is that we want to work on worst case scenario. Then we looked at comps, so comparable lettings, to work out roughly how much rent this property would be worth in the current state. That's my second job. Uh, My team and I work on that. And we came to a conclusion that it was going to be worth roughly £38,000 in rent. I'm not going to go and tell the other side seller, the seller's agent this though. This is for us. I'm working on behalf of the buyer. So this is all for us. Next up, now I've got a rental valuation, finding the tenants that would potentially take it. And so this is a lot of kind of talking to my peers, surveyors that I would normally work with and saying, hey, I've got X amount of space in a good secondary town location. Do you have any tenants who want this size with all these added amenities for the building? Eventually, I got a bite from a really big player who said yes we want it and then they asked me if it was the building that we're looking at I said yes and they came back and said we wanted this building for years and the current owner won't work with us will you work with us if you purchase it I was like hell yeah Um, and they offered me a higher rent than the one that I thought it was going to be the only condition was that we'd have to go in there and do some works but That works pretty well from our end because, again, doing the works means we can charge that higher rent, which means that we can increase the value on um, within the first couple of months of buying the property. So we were already off to a flying start with this property. 
I have to say a small disclaimer there. I had to pause the podcast. We have um, our cat in the vet at the moment having an operation and the vet just called me, but they were calling me about Summer, our dog, not the cat. Um, So apologies. I stopped there mid-thought. Let's keep going. So I have a building that we know we can now let. We've got a tenant who says that they're more than happy to work with us. We know now roughly what the end value of this building is. We have also, based on what my client going and having a look, and the tenant who wants to take it, having sent us through a spec of works that they want to do, we now know how much the development is going to cost as well. So here we are. We are super knowledgeable. We think we're on a roll. We're like, yes, this deal is going to be locked down. Then I had to start dealing with the seller's agent. Oh my goodness. So first things first, seller's agent uh, didn't want to speak to me as the buyer's uh, surveyor, just wanted to talk directly to the buyer and try and do this off-market, not straightforward deal. And the my, my client said, no, you have to talk to Natasha. She's in charge of this deal. So I get to talk to this lovely agent who phones me up and starts this chat about how valuable the building is, how I should be making sure that my client pays the full amount. Oh, and by the way, he's not instructed by the seller. He's not instructed by anybody. So we would need to be picking up his fees. What the hell? I've never heard that in my life. It's like, oh, okay. How have you... How are you in the middle of this deal and don't know where your fees are coming from? He says to me, well, surely you're paying them. I was like, why would we pay them? My client's paying me. Get your fees off the seller. We've been told that you're acting for the seller. That's why we're in contact with you. We have been told if we want to purchase this property, you are in charge as the agent. Hence why we're phoning you and trying to negotiate with you. I said, because if... I phoned you and you're meant to be acting for my client, then you're going to be negotiating on our behalf, right? That's how it works, surely. Um, And he said, well, I'm going to try and get the best possible price for my client. And I said, just to clarify, who's your client? Oh, well, you're paying me, but my client is the seller. Nah, doesn't work like that, mate. Hell no. And I said that to him, we can't do this. This is a conflict of interest. I said, I'm acting for the buyer. You're acting for the seller. Go get your fees from the seller. Oh, but the seller won't pay me fees. I was like, what kind of a world do you live in where you have not got your fees lined up? Surely you take fees first. Anyway, he said to me, Natasha, don't worry about that. Um, you tell me what you want and I'll take it to our client and I will just try and get this deal done. And I, I was like, okay, just so we know though, I'm acting for the buyer. You're acting for the seller. So we're about to negotiate against each other. And he's like, yeah, Natasha, fine. So we came in with a really low ball offer. That was it. Really low ball offer. And I said to him, please take it back to your client. Um, we were somewhere around the 380 mark. And I, I know I was trying my luck at that point, but, you know, stage one of negotiations. And he's going on about how 
his client really expected more than that. Blah, blah. And I said, I know how much your client paid for it in 2019. We're offering a good deal on top of that. Take this to your client and say, we'll work with them, but it has to come off the market. So away he toddles, off he goes, comes back to me 24 hours later, same chat. Oh, no one's paid my fees, Natasha. What? I don't understand this. Again, I said to him, how have you got this far into a deal without knowing who's paying your fees? I said, why would my client pay your fees as well as paying my fees? I just don't understand it. And he said, well, you know, always in commercial transactions, the buyer pays the fees. And I was like, I don't know what planet you come off from, mate. <laughs> it doesn't ever happen. It's like in all, of, in all of my time of being in commercial property, I have never, ever heard that unless you have been pre-instructed by the buyer. Okay, so don't start trying to pull the wool over my eyes. Then the conversation changed. And he was going to me, oh, Natasha, I looked you up. You're such a pretty lady, blah, blah, blah. I was like, what is going on? I'm just... Kristen, why are you telling me this? What are you hoping that that's going to do? So do you, do you want more money out of us? What do you want? I said, your client is going to have to start negotiating. Oh, well, they're not paying me. I was like, can you just put me in contact with your client then or the seller or somebody who's going to negotiate with us? Because at the moment, you're not doing anything. You're trying to butter me up for some reason, which is completely unprofessional. And... I want to buy this this property for my client, but you are just completely standing in the way of it. So whatever happens right now, you're not about to get a sale because I can see that this has gone through auction now twice and it's not sold. So we're the only party on the table. If the seller wants a buyer, we're here. Okay. And he's like, well, what do you know that I don't? I said, I don't know. Have you not valued the property? Oh, Natasha, give me your valuation. Hell no. Mate, no, do your own due diligence. I'm act- Again, you, don't, you know who I'm acting for. What is going on? So he, he then hangs up the phone and I'm fuming because I'm wasting my time talking to this guy on the phone who evidently doesn't know how to act in the industry, has accidentally got himself involved in the deal. I can't seem to find anybody else to um, speak to. And he's calling me now four or five times a day. And every single time I pick up, it's, Natasha, will you pay us some fees? I I was like, how unprofessional are you phoning me up and begging me to pay your fees? It just doesn't work like that. So because you're not doing me a favor, if you'd have done me a favor, maybe we might have looked at something. But your client won't come down past 450 and you're not helping us because you say it's worth 450 and you've not given me a valuation for why you think it's that, that amount of money. And the reason being, I think, is because you don't know. So I gave him a telling off. I just said, I'll just tell my, my client to pull out. It's fine. We don't have to buy this building. Go find someone else. So then my client gets in contact with me 24 hours later and he said, oh, the agents got in contact with me and asked me to let the building for him and we'll share fees. It's like, what the hell? So the agents now decided 
that he would like to cozy on up with my client and try and get him to let the building out so that this guy can take some letting fees. So I get on the phone with him and I just say, what are you doing? Why do you want letting fees? He said, well, Natasha, it seems that you've got a tenant um, and I want that tenant to go in. I said, well, how do you know I've got a tenant? He said, well, how do you know what the value is? So I'm a surveyor. It's my job. It is my job. I have to know what's going on in the market. And he said, well, won't you share fees with me to get it let? I was like, hell no. I said, how do you know that I've got a tenant? And he said, oh, you know, you wouldn't be buying it if you didn't have a tenant. It's like, maybe we just want to own or occupy. So then he keeps asking me, which tenant's coming in? Who is it? What's going on? I'm like, I can't have this conversation with you anymore. I said, I'm going to go away. We are going to offer best and final, right? And that is it. If your client won't respond, I'm going to go and spend this money elsewhere because we have to move on. We have to move on. Our best and final was 425. And that may seem like a huge jump from 380, but 380 was really under value. At the end of the day, this building will be worth about 600, 700,000 with the tenant in situ. Mm-hmm. It's a really high value building. They just don't know it because they've not employed a proper surveyor to act on their behalf, get it up to standard where it could sell for that amount of money. It's pretty much derelict. And they've got this fool acting on their behalf who they're not even paying. So I don't know why how, why it's just laziness, being cheap. I don't know. So we get to 425 and I send in the final offer. And I just say, that's it. Put it in writing. Can you come back to me with heads of terms? Let's get this deal circulated. I don't think the guy knows how to write an email because he phones me again. Well, Natasha, um, why would I tell you who the vendor is? What? I don't understand what's going on. And so I said to him, all of our communication now, as per our offer email, is per in writing. I can't do these phone calls anymore. So a week goes by with our offer sat on the table. He is phoning my client and I off the charts like three, four times a day. And we're not answering. We just say respond to the email. Still nothing. Today, a week later, he finally comes back to me via email and says, fine, have it your way. Here's the solicitor's details. Still won't give me the vendor's details to put on the heads of terms. It's not even my job as the buyer's uh, surveyor to do the heads of terms. It's the seller's agent who does the heads of terms. This guy has no idea how to do it. And he thinks I'm now trying to undercut him and get straight to his client. I have never, ever dealt with anything like this before. And the reason I want to, wanted to bring this up today, and just as a side note, this deal will go through. Um, I've got so fed up with this guy that I, I've sent a recorded letter straight to the, the owner. He's had enough chances. I'm going to just go direct to vendor at this point because he's holding up a deal where they could be £425,000 better off, right? You know, it's not even being, it's not even being implied. I don't know what else I can do to get this, this deal across the table. So I've sent him heads of terms and said, do you want to circulate this? 
still not come back to me because he doesn't know what I mean by it. And so just gone straight to the vendor. I know I could have done that a couple of weeks ago, but I do give agents the benefit of the doubt because I think that's really important. If you have actually been instructed, which who knows if this guy hadn't been um, BSing me, he's probably getting fees from them. But at this point, you know, we're a few weeks down the line and we are the only party on the table. And quite frankly, at this stage, we just want to get a deal done. Don't care about the rest of it. But back to the reason I'm telling you this story. I'm telling you this story because it's really important that you start seeing through people who are going to mess you around. You have to be assertive when making deals. There are far too many people coming into this market thinking that they can make a quick buck as some sort of commercial saucer. Matey boy has just been cut out of deals because he didn't ever bother agreeing his fees, but he's also stood in the way of a deal. You imagine how much money he will have lost his client if he was also acting with some incompetent other side. You know? So, number one, please make sure that you've got someone acting on your behalf who is competent and knows what they're doing. Number two, if you come across these wild card agents who have no idea what they're doing at this point in time, just swerve around them and try and get to the source because this is just an absolute waste of time that nobody needs to be involved in. And I personally have made the mistake by playing with it too long. I shouldn't have. Here we are going to get a deal done and I will get a deal done because I have been told that 425 is an acceptable offer. We just need it in heads of terms. And that is the frustrating thing about this. And I'm seeing it far too often. You know, you've got managing agents who don't know what they're doing. And then all of a sudden, the person who's qualified has to be assertive with them to stop them from harassing my clients for service charge demands that shouldn't have gone out. I actually spend more of my time wasting it on these people who have no idea how to act in the industry, then the deals where things work really well and just go through straight away, the other side has got a competent professional acting for them. That's the difference. That is the difference. And it is driving me insane in this industry, but we're getting there. And I wanted to let you know that story mainly because we have to start seeing through people. We have to make sure that, you know, we're, we're acting in a competent way. We know what's going on. We ask for help when we need it. Really important. And we have a professional acting on our behalf. You know, can you imagine if my client wanted to buy this building, but didn't have anybody acting on his behalf, you knew what to do next? Ooh, probably wouldn't get it. Building would still be sat there. There are some parts of this industry which are a complete minefield, complete minefield. And we're not even going to go into the fact that this agent thought that they could butter me up by trying to flirt with me, which God, like I can't, I can't. <sighs> I had to get that story off my chest. It's been going on for a while. There's a lot of it out there like that. There's a lot of agents who just aren't acting in the right manner. So persevere, but also ask questions. Ask questions, get things moving forward. 
if you need help, please ask. I want to hear from you guys. Are you listening to this and saying I have a similar story? Do you want to email me? I'd love to hear it. Natasha at ncrealestate.co.uk. All right, everybody. I am going to end this podcast here. I hope you all had a lovely week. Um, I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.